Talking Landscape Photography with Kristen Fletcher and Cowan. She is a former lawyer who gave up that to uh, to photograph the ocean full-time. Rachel Tellybart, welcome to Light Minded. Thank you. It's very nice to be here and nice to meet both of you. Yeah, hi, Rachel. It's been um, it's been a bit of a uh, thing. I've been speaking to Cowan for a while about getting you on because I, I love your work. I, I first saw it on Instagram and uh, immediately followed you because I, I just thought that your, your seascapes, your, your shots of waves just had so much emotion and they were so way better than any seascape photograph I've seen before. Um, so it was mm. a bit of a revelation and um, I, I have to say, yeah, you, you, you know, your work is beautiful and it's inspiring and, in fact, I've gone out to try to emulate it because we have a fairly... Uh, rough coast down this this way as well, fairly stormy. But um, that yours is something else. So we'll, we'll we'll have to touch on that on on how you do that. But um, mm. look, you, you've um, yeah, you, like Carmen said, you've gone from uh, law to photography. How did that all happen? Tell us your story. Mm. Yeah, um, well, it happened quite slowly. I think um, what people miss out is the fifteen years or so in in between the two things. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I did law for quite a long time and um, I, you know, it was okay. It's a good career, paid well, yeah. which was nice because it funded my complete obsession with travel. Mm. Um, yeah. But it was jolly hard work and it's all indoors, of course. Yeah. And I don't think ultimately it was the best fit for me. It didn't make me very happy. Mm-hmm. So um, I gave up the law when my second child was born, my daughter, mm-hmm. and went back to university and did a couple more degrees whilst raising the kids, and that's the gap. Yeah. And then um, in about 2015, I decided I had to make a decision. Would I go on and do a PhD, or would I go for photography as a full-time job? Mm. And um, photography, which had always been a hobby since I was, like, a teenager, really, had just become more and more demanding, you know, mm. insisting upon itself in my head yeah. For, yeah. over time. And so... I gave I gave the photography a go instead of the PhD, and mm. I'm very happy that I did that. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So yeah. you you've spent a lot of time in and out of universities and and studying and in books and all that. Did you find that photography is equally as as challenging as some of the other things you've done, or is it? Um, I mean, you're obviously using a different maybe different parts of your brain. Um, how, how do you, how does it relate? Is it ways that you can uh, uh, gain sort of uh, you know that sort of insight from from your from your law and your other other studies. Well, um, photography, I'm going to say, is not as intellectually demanding as building a complex <laughs> academic argument. <laughs> <laughs> but what it what it has though is it's creatively fulfilling mm-hmm. in mm. a way that building a complex academic argument just isn't. Mm. And um, and it's just also it's it's all outdoors. And for me, that's hugely important, hugely important. I, I like being outdoors. I do as little at my computer as I can get away with. And um, it's made me a much happier human, I think. Yeah. Do you know, it's very interesting because um, a lot of lawyers, and I, look, I know a, a couple of them, seem to pick up quite a few. <laughs> quite, quite a few. Um, but they seem to, to pick up um, you know quite advanced photographic techniques uh, relatively easily. And th- there are a couple of notable... Uh, uh, former lawyers in photography, uh, for example, Georgina Steitler, who's a, um, a bird photographer here in, in Western Australia. But um, w- was it easy for you to, to transition full-time into photography? 
I don't think that the technical side of photography, or at least the technical stuff that I need for what I do, is particularly difficult. And mm. I probably knew, I mean, I certainly understood the basics because I've been a hobbyist photographer for a long time. I think what the law did give me was um, some really valuable soft skills for the business side. Mm. You know, client care, mm. being organized, responding to people promptly, using the right yep. words. Mm. Yep. You know, it, it, it gives you a, a professional um, training mm. that has been really useful for that side of things. Mm. Yeah, mm. I guess. And, and if you um, ever have to do a competition or like, I guess, with your workshops, you, you can do the terms and conditions and it can be uh, <laughs> you know, top notch, you know, legally uh, binding and uh, we'll see you in court sort of thing. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could indeed do that if I wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sure you have got all that with your mm. with your workshops. Although, oh uh, yeah, I, I was just saying to Carmen the other day, a friend of mine said, "Oh, you can get your cut your clients to sign any piece of paper you want, but uh, if they fall down a, a gorge, they'll still sue you. Sue you, and that that paper's not worth a. I mean, I'm not even sure if that's true or not, but well, it is. Oh, well, I mean, this is gonna this is gonna descend into a very boring legal conversation <laughs> if I'm not careful. So, so you just have to sort of sort of cut me off if it gets too much. But no, under English law, anyway, you mm. can't actually um, your clients can't contract out of their right to sue you for your own negligence. Mm, mm, mm. So all the people in this country who have a clause in their mm. terms and conditions, which seems to be standard, that says you can't sue us even if we're negligent. Mm, well, mm. it's just a a, it's not a good look mm. with the yeah. clients, yeah. and B, it's not enforceable anyway. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you have many people on your workshops, Fletch, that fall down gorges and that sort of thing? No, no, oh. no. But I but I have had some um, some moments where you, yeah, no, I had a couple a couple of falls. Um, especially we we have a place over here called Karajini National Park, and it's a beautiful mm. place. Have you ever been to Australia before, Rachel? I have, yeah, twice. Oh. Okay, yeah. Uh, Western Australia or over the East Coast? Yes, I've been to Western Australia twice. Yes. Ah, yes. Been, yeah, I think you're one of our first guests from overseas that's actually been here. So To the capital. Um, I have I have friends who live in Perth. Yeah. Who, okay. um, very good friends. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. who's, who's that? We probably know them. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty small place. I don't think you do. <laughs> they don't have much to do with photography. Yeah, no, that's, uh, they're, they're good people then. Mm. Um, yeah, look, um, uh, yeah, Karajini National Park, it's it's like a, if you – next time you're in, in WA, you must go there if you haven't been there because it's, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Mm. But it's very steep gorges, loose rock. Mm. You have to climb down into the gorges and there's water going through. And, that, and every time we go there, I went there with a group, someone – invariably would slip over and break something um luckily it wasn't um wasn't their bodies it was camera gear mostly and mm. christian this is just not a good advert for your workshops <laughs> you need to just stop now <laughs> <laughs> i don't do them anymore I'm okay too fair enough. <laughs> and after the conversation i'll never do them again <laughs> yeah hey um take, take us back a little bit because you said you you as a teenager you enjoyed photography when did that all start how old were you then? um I think I was probably about 13 or 14 when my parents bought me. Now, I'm, I'm a bit ancient. You guys probably don't remember these, but they used to do these really cheapo little cartridge cameras that basically unfolded yes. and one, the cover was then a handle. Mm. And you oh, had yes, this sort yes. of cartridge roll, cartridge yep. film in it, and you had little flash cubes that you stuck on, on the, the top. top. Yep. Yeah. And they bought me one oh, of those, yep, yep, yep. and those. Um, that was my first camera. Mm. Oh. Um I've still got it somewhere. Oh, and uh, yeah, um, haven't used it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I just loved 
I think straight away I was quite enamoured of the whole mm. thing that I could record what I was seeing. Mm. Um, so I think for me, the beginning of it was the idea of just capturing um, a memory or capturing a moment mm. and, and preserving it. And it wasn't until, I think like most photographers, it wasn't until a lot later that I started to, to think of it as an art. Mm. Mm. Um, so I was definitely spent quite a long time being a very happy snapper. Mm. Yeah. If we can wind the clock back to that camera, what were some of the things you photographed? Well, um, my parents bought me that for Christmas and then quite quickly after that I went on a school trip mm. to Switzerland, ski trip. Right. And practically everybody in the trip got food poisoning. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, which, wow. uh, I didn't photograph did. that, but <laughs> um, it meant that we didn't spend as much time on the slopes because, mm. um, you know, people were at the different stages of the illness during the week. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, and I, I managed to get over it a bit faster than some. So mm. I had time at my leisure to wander around and I mm. just took it out and photographed snow because... I live in the south of England. We we don't get a bit of sn much snow, and when we get it, it's a dusting. Mm. Still grinds everything to a halt because mm. it's like, whoa, white stuff. We don't know what to do with it. Mm. Um, <laughs> but you know, to see snow like that was was so exciting, and mm. um, that was what I started with. And then I, I I've always liked traveling, so you know, over the years, I mean, I did a I did a round the world backpacking thing, mm. the sort of thing you guys do all the time in Australia. Oh, yeah. um, when I was in my early 20s mm. and um, took a little 35 millimeter compact Minolta, remember those? Mm, and yeah. um, and just photographed, I went to, that was my first trip to Australia and, and mm. New Zealand, and just photographed everything I saw mm. and absolutely loved it. Came mm. back, bored everybody I knew, silly. Mm. You know, here's my 30 rolls of film. <laughs> Have a look, you know. Yeah. And they're all like, oh God, here she comes. <laughs> but it was, um, it was, it was all good fun. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the slideshows are, are always the one. In fact, I had a slideshow uh, with my parents just um, a couple of nights ago. <laughs> and they had some. Uh, oh, lovely. Because their mum and dad are moving into a retirement village. So they're and they're getting rid of all their stuff and they had an, an old slide projector. Mm. So my wife had the brilliant idea to go through the old slides and um, and um, and have a look. So, yeah, so we were, it's always kind of nice. And my teenage kids were there and they were kind of like, you could see them, they saw the first couple of slides and they were kind of like, <laughs> mm, okay. And then they were starting to squirm in their chairs and then they were kind of looking around and they were looking down. And then one would get up and, and just walk off and then walk back and then the other one, yeah, anyway, slideshows. I know what you're talking about, people. Going off. Oh, look at this job. Look at this one now. Fantastic. Hey, um, you're obviously in the south of England, is that right? Yeah. yeah. What, what town are you in? Well, I live in a suburb of London. It's a town called Weybridge. Which, oh. um, it's inside the London Ring Road, the M25. Wow. Oh, okay. um, people think I live on the coast. Yeah. Because obviously, and mm. I wish I did in many ways, mm. but yeah. um, until lockdown, it's not been a problem because actually, if you think about a wheel, I'm, I live on the hub mm. with spokes going out to lots of different beaches. Mm. Yep. Whereas if I lived on the coast, I'd have much longer drives. Mm. You know, oh. I'd have my local beach, but then to get anywhere else would be worse. But mm. Mm. Um, lockdown, of course, which we're still in here now, we mm. have to stay local. So I'm, yeah, I'm suffering a bit. So oh, you, yeah. you're a Londoner. 
Yes. In fact, I just my, my son for Christmas brought me one of those DNA test kits. <laughs> just got the results back and it yeah. turns out I really am a Londoner. But it, <laughs> almost but it's, entirely. <laughs> it's quite interesting because during this whole interview so far you haven't said, Do you know what I mean? Or in it. <laughs> well, because I wasn't brought up in London, I oh, was okay. brought up on the south coast. So there's the coast for you. Oh, um, okay. And that's where my dad lives still. Um, so actually, I've got one of those sort of um, posh bland uh, Sussex. Oh, it's not very posh. Oh. Um, but it's a Sussex accent, which is kind of London light. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and how's, it, how's it all going over there at the moment with the Queen and... Uh, mm. Um, Megan Markle and all those. I couldn't give a flying thing. I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> well, well, Prince, say Prince Philip's yeah, out. <laughs> Prince Philip's out of hospital, so I know we've been trying yeah, to get her a public for a while. Yeah. So not interested. Sorry. Who cares? Uh, I have a lot of time for the Queen, but the rest of it, I really couldn't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know, this, that's so weird because I really thought that looking at your photos, you must live on the coast. So. Mm. How, how far do you have to travel to get to some of these amazing places? Uh, I mean, for you guys, it's a hop, skip and a jump um, because you think of distance differently from us. Yeah. So mm, it's yeah. about um, it's about 60 to 70 miles yeah. from me um, to my mm. nearest beach as the roads go. Yeah. Um, What's that in Ks? But, That's about 100 Ks. Uh, oh. Yeah, probably. I'm yeah. not good at Ks. Mm. Um, so that, because of traffic and the fact the south is very built up that's probably i i have to assume about an hour and a half each way okay um, wow that's not too bad oh no i mean it normally it's fine mm. and i you know i'm quite happy to make that trip mm. um yeah. have you know, a comfortable car and put the put some music on and it's all good so it's part mm. of it's actually become part of my sort of i, I don't know my my mental process really mm. that yeah. journey yeah, it is quite nice doing those sort of trips, especially when you go past a nice roadhouse for selling some nice cake that you really love, and it, it becomes like, oh, oh. I've got to have that. I've got to stop. <laughs> yeah, I love cake too. Yeah, do you? I love yes, cake too. I'm a big cake fan. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good on you. Yeah, well, um, if you ever come over here, I'll show you this beautiful um, lemon slice that I get. It's um, oh, become a bit lemon drizzle cake is like the queen of cake. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, this is not. Uh, it's not uh, so much drizzle, more schnizzle. It's um, it's kind of a oh, bit. Oh, that sounds good. It's a bit thick and hard, but it's got this, you know, crust of um, uh, lemon sort of icing on the top, and it's mm. kind of so rich that uh, originally, initially, I couldn't, um, I couldn't eat a whole one. I was starting to feel a bit sick, but I've conditioned myself now, and I can, <laughs> I can, and I'm thinking, well, maybe I can get two of these into me. So, anyway, it's got nothing to do with photography, but it, but I know what you're saying about the road trip, and it's that anticipation. Do you um? Uh, are most of your shots done morning or afternoon? Uh, whenever the tide and the weather and everything works. I mean, typically, I think this is probably partly because I'm not local, mm. that um, my process has become really to spend all day mm -hmm. there. So if I make the trip to the coast, mm. um, unless it's stupidly, you know, the, the middle of the summer here, mm. I'd have to get up at something obscene mm. o'clock. Oh, yeah. to get to the coast mm -hmm. <clears throat> but unless it's that time of year i try and get down there before sunrise and then just stay all day mm. until there's no more light mm. um, about two or three hours <laughs> in the winter <laughs> yeah not much more than that <laughs> um but I, I really like doing that and actually even if in the middle of the day the sun's quite harsh mm. um there's still stuff you can do you can recce for new locations mm. you can eat cake yeah, um yeah, yeah. you know it's all good, really. Uh, or just just watch, you mm. know, watch the tide come and go. And, and mm. we have quite a big tidal range here. Mm. 
Mm. So it's always interesting. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Just wanted to, um, you, you probably, I mean, do, do you ever get down to Devon, sort of Saunton and Braunton and those sort of places? Oh, it's beautiful down there, really beautiful. Peep, peep. I don't go and do photography down there much mm, mm. Um, because that is quite a long trip for me. I'd have to mm. go for a, a few days, really. Mm, um, mm. But I have got a couple of pictures from there. I, mm. I'm friends with a, a group of um, photographers here, mm. and every now and then we rent a cottage and go somewhere different and mm. meet up and mm. do photography and eat cake. Mm. <laughs> I, like, I think I have to come on one of your workshops because I love eating cake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, cake is important on my workshops. <laughs> yeah, cake is just important, really, isn't oh, it? Nice. So, um, just so important, you, really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you manage to capture such emotive images? Because mm. like, you, you, your wave photographs, I mean, and the thing, I think the thing that struck me initially was you know, using a really fast shutter speed to freeze the action, which is so nice. It's so refreshing to see that. Over here, it's all about you know, the misty water. And I know you've got those shots as well, mm, but mm. Um, the ones that really strike me are these those um, those single waves that are standing up and, and, and they almost have this life. You know, there's one car one showing it right now. Oh, mm. yeah, but that one, yeah, that's Sedna. You look like you're actually in the water with the with the waves. Are you, yeah. where are you shooting those from? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the water um, yeah. because of the sort of waves and the sort of weather that I made those in. Yeah. Um, so that we've got a beach and there's more than one beach where you could do it in the UK. Um, mm. But the closest one to me is a beach in East Sussex called New Haven. Mm. And it's got a key that goes out into the sea. And because of the, the, the angle of the key, the shape of the beach mm. and the prevailing winds, when we get some proper Atlantic storms come through, mm. waves come across the beach, which is really nice because you can get them side on. Mm. Yeah. They hit the key they ricochet back out and then they crash into more waves. Yeah. So you get these amazing shapes. Yeah. Um, they're not the sort of classic. I mean, I, I follow a load of your Australian wave photographers, Warren <clears throat> Keelan, people like that, mm -hmm. making amazing photographs. Mm. But the waves mostly that you have on your really wide beaches that you've got mm. tend to be these sort of predictable rollers. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like that uh, where I go at all. It's it's choppy proper choppy sea mm, yeah. and i'm making i mean that picture you just uh, held up to me that mm. was made during a force 10 storm mm. ah. so you know if i went in the water then i'd be dead i'd be <laughs> chatting to you now mm. well i, I so, thought you might be uh, in a little boat or something like that a little dinghy no no i wouldn't have survived in a boat either in fact the there's a big out of this place new haven there's a big um cross-channel ferry mm. it, on the days i make those photos the ferries cancel mm. yeah, yeah so so you don't risk your life taking those photographs no, no. and in <laughs> fact i'm really um concerned about this because there are some photographers i could think of one in particular who who in an article a couple of years ago bragged about taking risks um. and i actually think that's a bit dangerous and, mm. and um irresponsible actually mm. because mm you're going to encourage other people to mm. take risks. And I just mm. don't think that's a good idea. So I, I think if you know the beach really well where you're working, which I do, mm -hmm. that really helps you to stay safe. Mm. Yeah. Uh, look, I just want to say, if you want to check out some of Rachel's stuff, get over to Instagram and do a search uh, search for Rachel Talibart. And I'll spell that for you too. It's R-A-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-L-I-B-A-R-T. And her stuff is... Um, is just amazing what uh, drew you to the power of the ocean rachel 
Well, I, I grew up with it. Um, we lived on, my dad, in fact, still lives in the house that I grew up in on the West Sussex coast and literally 100 yards from the beach. So it was mm. always a really big part of my childhood. But more than that, dad was a really keen yachtsman. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it's not, I'm not talking sailing dinghies and racing. I'm talking the sort of yacht with a cabin that you sleep in. Mm-hmm. And we used to go away all the time. I mean, he was so into it that basically every weekend and all of the school holidays for the first 12 years of my life were spent at sea. Mm. And in the summer, we'd go away for a whole month living on the boat and we'd mm. go across to the continent or <laughs> around the English coast. Mm. Yeah. And um, actually, I it was often a torment for me because I am really bad with <laughs> seasickness. <laughs> oh, <no>. um, <laughs> so I don't sail anymore. Now I've got a choice in the matter. Mm. But oh. I did spend an awful lot of time looking at the sea. And um, I I guess, like all kids, I was imaginative. You know, kids are, aren't they? And I used to watch the waves and imagine mountainscapes or creatures in the Mm. waves. Mm. Um, So I guess the sea has just lodged itself in my imagination Mm. over that time. And and now it's it's just the most exciting thing I can imagine to photograph for me. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens when you... um... You, you you go to some uh, English uh, rolling hill country. Do you know what to do, or you kind of stand there blank and go, "Oh, I uh, go hiking." I, do. <laughs> yeah, I don't take home. photographs. No, yeah. camera can stay at home. I go for a hike <laughs> and enjoy yeah. it with my eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, you know, I've been to the UK two or three times. Uh, I've been to Heathrow a couple of times. Actually, no, all times to Heathrow, and that's as far as I got. Didn't get out of the airport. And I was You're serious? Through. So um, I. I I find it really hard to kind of relate to what the landscape does. I mean, you see the photos, but it's, you know, it's like always a good photographer leaves out a lot of the stuff that you don't want, them, you know, you don't want the viewer to see. Mm. So I have no idea what it looks like over there. So, um, well, I mean, it's actually very varied. Different mm. sorts of landscapes mm. and coastscapes mm. within easy driving distance because it's a small country yeah yeah and it's sort of thinnish with lots and lots of coast yeah lots of wiggly coasts so yeah. actually i can't really offhand think of a place with more variety with an easy reach yeah. um yes you have to accept that compared with australia it's mm. there are a lot of people there's a lot of mm. roads and there's a lot of buildings mm. yeah. but the nice thing about being a seascape photographer is you jump pointed out to the sea and you yeah, could be yeah. surrounded by, you know, amusement arcades and all of postcard stalls and all of that yeah. in some seaside resort, but no one knows. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had the situation when you're out shooting and you've been smashed by a, a freak wave? <laughs> well, um, actually, that's a very good question. It comes back to what I was saying about knowing your beach. The only time that I've suffered serious equipment damage from the sea Mm. was on a beach where I on an occasion when I was there for the very first time Mm. um, and in fact was in my first half hour and that was at Nazare in Portugal Mm. which um, if anyone listening to this is into surfing which I'm going to guess they are Mm. they know about Nazare I absolutely love Nazare and in Mm. fact my husband and I are now building a house in Portugal because we Mm. love it there so much about 15 minute drive from Nazare Wow. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first time I went there, hmm. I went down on the beach to because normally with my um, 
storm waves, I try to get as low as possible so the waves mm. stand proud of the horizon. Yep. So I normally lie flat and I'm sort of literally just hunkered down as flat to the beach as I can. Mm. So I did this down on the sand at Nazare and um, was looking at a distant wave, waves crashing into a rock and ignoring what was happening in between those waves and me mm. having I'd done all the right stuff you know I'd, I was <clears> shooting <throat> on a falling tide mm. I'd watched the beach for a bit figured out the highest the waves were coming etc but of course you know if you know anything about the sea which I should have known better mm. you do get sneaker waves and one just came straight up the beach and right over the top of me wow. um, and I wasn't actually in danger because if I'd been standing up yeah. I wouldn't even have gone to my knees yeah. but because I was absolutely as flat as I could possibly get. It mm. went right over me and my camera. And yeah. the camera had to go back to Canon Professional Services for £800 worth of oh. repairs. <laughs> so, oh, no. yeah, I have I have been caught out. I'm ashamed to admit. Yeah. Yeah, see, over here we would just uh, commit insurance fraud, but I guess being a, <laughs> a lawyer, you kind of... Well, officer of the court can't do that sort of stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, arguably, it wasn't economical to repair it, so it wouldn't have been fraud. But mm, um, yeah. a, if you claim on your insurance, they get you back with increased premiums, mm, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and b, um, it was the camera that I'd shot all of my um, sirens portfolio with, oh, yeah. so it had sentimental value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. so that was uh, sirens. That was that your book? Is that a book that you did? Oh, I've done three books. Um, the middle book was Sirens, and that's um, that's the storm waves that you've been talking about—the fast yeah. shutter waves that look like creatures. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that stuff is just it's beautiful. Um, Thank so you. You've, you've been represented by or we are represented by numerous galleries around the world, and you're up a, up alongside um, greats like Ansel Adams and. And Michael oh, Kenner and wow. Charlie Waite and all those. Not sure I'm yeah. quite in that league yet, well, but thank they're, you. They're, that's lovely. They're there. They're there with you. They're you know their names are there in these galleries mm. with, with yours. How does that feel? It's very cool. It is very cool. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. feels really nice actually. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no downside to that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's no downside, and that's amazing. And 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 rightly so as well. Your work is beautiful. So I think that's. Um, it's, it's nice to have. Have you? Do you know many of the uh, the pro photographers over there in, in the UK? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's actually quite a, um, a interactive community. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know them all personally, mm-hmm. as in face to face in real meetings. Mm-hmm. But what were those anyway? Do you remember when we used to have real meetings? Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten oh. that. Well, oh. you guys, you guys have really. Have. Yeah, we you're have okay. Them. You're yeah, okay because yeah. you're not really that locked down. But no, over not. here, we, we're not allowed to meet other humans. <laughs> is, is that right? So you can't, uh, I mean, we, you know, we just, it's like you said, life's relatively normal. So, um, you know, we hear that uh, in England, you know, you have these bubbles. So you can allocate, um, allocate a group of people to hang around with. Is, is that right? And you can't sort of go outside that bubble? Well, the bubble is even tighter than, than the way you've described it. So, oh, um really? I, the only people I'm allowed to mix with indoors are the people I live with and my father because he lives on his own. Mm. Mm. He's allowed to choose one family to be in his bubble. Yeah. So mm. it's me. Um, and mm. that's it. Um, outside, I can go for a walk with a friend, mm. one friend. Mm. My husband and I aren't allowed to go for a walk with another couple because that would be four people. Yeah. Um, but the rules are slowly relaxing yeah. um 
but it has been a really tough year, mm, really yeah. tough. Oh, it has been for you guys. It's been terrible. Mm. Actually, we're, yeah. we're, we're good friends with uh, Steve Gosling. You know Steve Gosling and yeah, Joe Yeah, Quinch? I've not uh, – yeah, I've met Joe. Yeah. Um, I've not had the pleasure of meeting Steve, but obviously I'm aware of him. Mm. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a very funny man. We have a, a good relationship. I did a workshop with him in, in New Zealand a while back, but Gozza, as we call him, he's, mm. uh, he's a great – great guy we uh, we enjoy his company mm. and joe is, is just the ultimate english gentleman he is, isn't he? he's oh yeah so kind and, yeah. and so polite and and i had to listen. i like i like listening to joe talk about landscape photography mm. yeah there's something been... incredibly soothing about hearing him talk about landscape photography yeah, he's like he's got that voice hasn't he he's really yeah. it's calming and and yeah he could do a voiceover for for some you know he's like the david attenborough BBC. of um of photography mm. you know, and i like what he says as well actually yeah, i don't yeah. always necessarily agree with everything he says but i like the way he says it and um yeah it's always well thought through yeah mm. yeah and he's, and he's, he's got a, a he's a good person too good mm. good yeah. citizen of the planet you know yeah. he's, he's yeah. right into sustainability and the environment mm. and all that he's really he's really cool mm. and and steve well he just wants to have a, have a joke <laughs> he just wants to have a party and, and have a laugh. So. Do you know what I love about? He sounds good too, then. Yeah, yeah. What I love about Steve is um, his photography is is amazing, but uh, he's colourblind too. He's, yeah, he's colourblind. Yes. Ah, yeah. With Carwin. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're taking over the world. So. Yeah, there's a um, German photographer over over here, obviously in Germany, called Killian Schoenberger, and <laughs> um, he does very very colourful photographs yeah. but he's also colorblind oh really that explains it that yeah. explains everything oh, we, we have someone over here called sir peter eastway i'm not sure if you've heard of peter eastway he's um no i haven't or sir peter eastway mm. he hasn't been actually officially knighted officially, that we call no. him that anyway he, he will be <laughs> we suspect he's colorblind as well because his saturation slider generally goes up to 11 or 12 <laughs> it actually doesn't it doesn't he's that he's his work's beautiful and he uses color um, to emphasise certain parts of the image, and he does mm. it really well, better than everyone. Hey, I mean, it's a, it's a certain style, isn't it? I mean, mm. It's very much the style in in the USA, for example, with mm, landscape yeah. photography to use a lot of colour. Mm. Yes, they so, love uh, their, they love their cheese over there. We've got a few American friends as well that have been on the podcast yeah. and, uh, over the over the last year and a half. Um, so, what's um, what's the best uh, water location mm. in the world for photography because i mean you're saying your favorite beach down there but is there anywhere else in, in the world that you would love to get to that you've seen it's, you know, well I, I do you know what no because <laughs> everywhere's cool any all i need is the sea mm. yeah, right. and i'm away so that that's one of the absolute joys about what i do um mm. i'm not a landscape photographer Mm-hmm. I don't document place. Um, I don't, you know, and actually usually try and exclude landmarks. Mm-hmm. So my photography could be made anywhere. Um, okay. I mean, I've got pl- favorite places I go to mm. because I love going there. And if you're happy somewhere, you're probably going to make better photographs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've mentioned, obviously, my local coast. I've mentioned Nazare. Mm. Yeah. I love going to Scotland, yeah. especially the Outer Hebrides. Absolutely favorite place for me mm-hmm. um this is the first year i've not been able to go because of lockdown in a long time and i miss it yeah. and i love oregon the oregon mm-hmm. coast in the usa mm-hmm. is another place that i i've not been to i didn't go to last year because of lockdown but normally would go every year yeah um yeah i just like going back to places over and over again because i think then you 
you dig more deeply mm. to find new things to do instead of just doing the obvious. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah do you, have you become somewhat of a weather expert, like a predictor of ocean and that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do. I do. Um, I do spend quite a lot of time looking at weather forecasts. They never seem to agree with each other, so I just look at loads and then pick the one I like best. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, certainly, and and that's another benefit actually of mm. knowing your beach, of going back to the same beaches over and over again, because mm. you learn what weather's going to do what mm-hmm. at that place, what yeah. wind direction is going to have what result. Um, and I find that really, really helpful, actually. Yeah. We've got a few guys over here that follow the weather. There's a guy who does a lot of storm photography, a guy named Jordan Cantello, and mm. um, uh, he, he's, he always manages to get himself in front of a storm yeah. um, without, without doubt. You know, it just seems like he, he, has, um, he has a real knack with the weather forecast, so he mm. gets out and, and gets these amazing shots that no one else gets. And, um, yeah, yeah. Um, he keeps his uh, movements pretty, pretty. Uh, I reckon he has a, a stealth car, and uh, and he, he he must go out and then, you know, in the wee hours of the morning and and make sure no one's following him because he he just nails it every time. And everyone else, no one else gets close to him. Mm. So ah. probably that's probably what everyone's saying about you, Rachel. Is that well? Like, no, it's not actually. It's quite the opposite, unfortunately, because um, the secret's well and truly out. I mean, sirens. I started publishing the pictures over five years ago now. So um, that beach on a stormy day, that beach is just heaving with Mm, photographers now all making their own sirens. So uh, I've I've stopped. I've stopped really. Um, I hardly go there now because Mm. that's been done and everyone else is doing it now. So I need to move on. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, that's great that you brought that to the masses. And um, I mean, that's an achievement and that's Mm. something that you can hang your hat on. Um, you know, single-handedly ruined for, uh, wave photography in the UK. That's okay. But in Australia, it's just starting. So you know, you know, we, we've got room. You can come come move to Australia. There's plenty of beaches to photograph at. Um, yeah, right. Oh, there certainly are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you've got beaches. loads of beaches. We do, we do, but they're so far apart. That's the problem. Mm. Yeah, it's a massive place. Yeah, and so you do workshops all over, all over the world, or is it just across the yeah. UK or? Around um, well, I've, my own my own company is UK workshops um it's very niche it's day workshops and um and classroom and online training um but um i also do international ones for a company called ocean capture which is owned by a a photographer who if you haven't had him on you should Mm -hmm. jonathan critchley okay who's a really really good um long established photographer Mm. um almost exclusively black and white Mm, and um, has a passion for the ocean and sails in particular at the moment Mm. and icebergs right Mm. sailing boats and icebergs Mm. yeah sounds like a recipe for for good photos sounds like a setup for a job oh they are i think his his icebergs he's calling them ice ships Ah, okay. which is quite nice okay so there's a connection Mm. across there yeah, yeah, right. Okay, oh, fantastic. Mm. So you, so you, you do uh, a lot of your stuff is just in the UK then. Just like obviously now at the moment, it's pretty much you wouldn't be able to go anywhere anyway. So um, I, I'm not. I up until now, um, since uh, this last lockdown, I've not been actually able to run my workshops even in the UK because yeah. you can't have a gathering of of people even outdoors. Yeah. So um, they've just all been postponed. Yeah. But things get. I can go back to it in April, yep. which isn't long now. 
Yeah, that's not far yeah. away. Um, the yeah. international ones obviously all have been postponed. So if travel comes back this autumn, I'm insanely busy. I'm I'm running workshops in Iceland, Portugal, Oregon, and uh, Antarctica. Yeah, so, oh, uh, Antarctica's a long way from you. That's um, yeah, that's but who knows? We'll have to yeah. see what happens with travel. You better get your own icebergs, ice ships, or what are they? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. What, that'd yeah. be really nice. What yeah. initially drew you to the west coast of the, the United States? Well, um, my husband is from North America. He's actually Canadian, though. I have to be clear about that. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. he'll get upset. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we've, as a family, we've often gone to North America on holiday. Mm. Um, particularly, we've uh, enjoyed going out to the West Coast to British Columbia. And that whole Pacific Northwest vibe has mm. been something we've enjoyed for a long, for decades, mm. really. Mm. So I've just been slowly exploring the Pacific Northwest Coast. Um, we've spent quite a bit of time in California. And then in the last few years, Oregon. And it just, something about Oregon just really inspires me. Mm. Uh, I think, first of all, it's you know, this amazing long coast mm. that's hugely accessible. It's known as the People's Coast because an inspired governor of Oregon many, many decades ago announced that no one can own the coast. Mm. So you can get oh, onto the coast great. just everywhere. Yeah. And then it's just this amazing coast with, with sea stacks and cliffs mm -hmm. and big sandy beaches and big waves, which obviously I quite like, mm -hmm. um, and amazing wildlife. Like every time I go, you can just see whales from the shore mm -hmm. just yep. cruising on by, you know, casual-like. Mm -hmm. um, and you know bald eagles soaring overhead and it's just it's just an inspiring beautiful part of the world which mm. has a really relaxed vibe as well mm. yeah it is a beautiful bit of coastline there and, and, mm. and washington's kind of similar isn't it so yeah so washington is equally beautiful but much less accessible mm. is that okay it's yep. yeah so it's it's a it's i hope to explore it some more but yeah. you have to do a bit more camping and and sort of going off the beaten beaten path to see stuff on the beaches there. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to sell one of your cameras? Because I'm I'm, I'm assuming people would take one look at your Facebook page and go, uh, "No, I don't think I'll buy that one." No, I wouldn't try, even try. No, <laughs> <laughs> they're they're all loving lovingly sitting on the shelf, beaten and and yep. tired. They're, they're they're a proper tool that's been used by. A, by a proper photographer, that's fantastic. Hey, um, you said just recently you've been doing some printing. You've been on a bit of a printing spree, and mm. uh, I can see our listeners can't see, but behind you are some of your beautiful photographs. Mm. Um, what printer are you using at home? I've got a Canon Pro One Thousand, which is an A two printer mm. um, in my studio. Um, it's actually old tech now. They've brought out a newer model, so I'm not saying go and buy that. You know, you need to buy the new, the newer one. Mm, yeah. um, but I've obviously had it for several years. It's still going strong. Needs yeah. the occasional, you know, like for example, the uh, ink cartridges. The spring's gone, so they won't retract mm, uh, wow. without the hand without out, um, pliers. Yeah, but really, <laughs> I, the pliers are doing the job. So yeah. it's still it's still working just fine. I really just love printing i i mm. i'm a bit in love with print and mm. seeing yeah. the images come off the printer and obviously since i'm represented by galleries of selling prints i do need to print everything mm. um but obviously if it's bigger than a2 which most of the prints that people buy are bigger 
mm. then I have to outsource it. But because I've already printed it at home, mm. I know I'm send, selling the best file, sending the best file possible to the yeah. printer. Mm. Who do you use in the UK to, to print your stuff? Um, I've got a couple that um, people probably won't know of. Uh, one called the Artist Print Room and another one called Spectrum. Mm. Yeah. And they both do the job. And then in America, I get them printed over there. That's yep. my biggest market, actually, is the USA. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they, I get them printed over there because the import duty is a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you can just if you can send your file electronically and get them to do it there, it's so much easier, isn't it? You know, mm. Yes. Well, in fact, the gallery that represents me in Massachusetts does the printing too. Yep. So that's great. There's no loss of control, and and I'm not having. I mean, I would never send my high risk file to a client because yeah. they're all limited editions. So I've yep. got to. It's my job to make sure that no one can break the rules and print another one. Yeah, mm. absolutely. That's for sure. And what are your editions up made of? Uh, so typically two editions of 12, one large format, but the mm. size can vary within that. There's a sort yep. of minimum size mm. and one small format. Um, and then two or three artist proofs across the whole thing. Mm. Okay. And then it's done. So yep. some of my photos like the one you showed earlier Sedna and Poseidon Rising which is probably one of the most well known of mine they're sold out I can't yeah. sell another one mm. uh, um, but that... that's okay <laughs> it's kind of like oh damn I wish I had another one of those you know but, um, yes but it, but it forces you, you to go out and, and 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 shoot some more but when you get those really special ones but I mean you can make a print for yourself and, mm. and it's always going to be there you know you, you always have that that image so but yeah so one yeah. of the artist proofs is for me yeah. Um, and I've got that at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. And um, and so you're using Canon. So, so you're saying your Canon printer is, is mm. some of the springs are falling out of the. Um, the uh, you think Canon should be listening <laughs> to this podcast and going, we need to get her a new printer. Canon <laughs> ignore me completely. Ah, do they? Yeah, yeah. Wow, they create. Well, they don't deserve it? my loyalty, really, do they? Yeah, I've got some <laughs> friends at Epson. Maybe Epson Australia. Maybe they can send you. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's all it's all good. It's all good. I don't. I'm not out there seeking sponsorship because I think it comes with enormous number of strings. Yeah, and they're not always strings you want. Um, but Canon have never asked, so yeah, that's it. I'm not mentioning them again. Yeah. <laughs> Is it still a bit of a buzz for you knowing that people? love your work enough to actually buy it so knowing that your stuff is in people's homes do you still get a kick out of that ah, it's the hugest buzz and although that i mean that is essentially my other business the other company mm. is just about that um it never gets old though it doesn't matter how many i sell mm. um i've just sold a I, I've, I've got a very small number of photos where i do a um, open edition at a very small at a3 mm -hmm. um just because people who follow me on instagram aren't necessarily looking to spend four or five figure sums on a print mm -hmm. and i don't want to be too exclusive yeah and i've just sold one of those to someone in california and she she's been really sweet and she sent me a message and said i'm really sorry that i can't afford to buy one of your limited edition prints i know this is a really small sale but thank mm. you and i i wrote, replied and i said look every single sale no matter how small mm. makes my heart sink it just never gets old mm. and that's mm. absolutely true i wasn't just being nice mm. it yeah. really is true mm. um yeah. that's the best thing mm. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it is for sure and um and your books you said you've done three books mm. yeah. yeah yeah where about so, those um pub well they were published so that's the publisher's job um, I haven't self-published yet. I'm not saying I won't though, yeah. but I haven't haven't ventured into that mm. arena yet. Um, yeah. 
And the, the most recent one was only published in December. So okay. there's still copies of that out there, but the others are sold out. Yeah. When did you first get an inkling that you're a creative? Did you? Yeah. Because, you know, you go from law to mm. being, you know, a, a photographer, of, uh, amazing photographer. It, it, there must have been some inkling that you had some creativity before mm. before you started on well, that? Yeah. Um, well, as a teenager, I, w- I thought I was going to be a writer. I even wrote a novel. Oh, <laughs> I don't think anyone knows that. Yeah. It was terrible. I never sent it to any publisher. But I did get a short story published um, yeah. in a book, mm. um, Science Fiction. Oh, you like science fiction? Really? Cool. Oh, I do. I'm a bit of a nerd. What, 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 <laughs> what, was, what was it about? What was the what was the, the you know the guts of the story? The story. It was mm. a post-apocalyptic story oh, about like someone someone walking to school. So you think it's um, you know going to be a normal story? Yeah. Mm. Uh, someone walking to school, but as as the descriptions and their thoughts sort of slowly reveal that the mm. the the situation that they're walking through on their way to school is is a very different world from the world we live in now. Mm. Okay. Great. Mm. So what's your favourite science fiction movie? Oh, that's hard. That's hard. I'm going to be really... You're, this is cheesy. We were talking about cheesy. Yeah, that's right. Cheesy. This is so it's cheesy. All, it's all right. It's all right. Are you ready? Brace mm-hmm. yourselves. Yep. Avatar. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you right? Yeah. yeah, that is pretty uh, cheesy. Everyone loved that movie. Yeah. That was... It's brilliant. It's yep. brilliant. We took our kids to see that. And my daughter was only, I think, eight or nine. Yep. And she literally couldn't sit in her seat. She stood up for the whole of that film. She was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Well, it, didn't you want to be in that world? You wanted to to to, to live in that world after that mm. movie. And, and you were so oh, yeah. for the for the um, Na'vi, weren't you? And, and mm. Yes, the, absolutely. The rotten humor. Well, it's, Basically, dances with wolves in space, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. dances with wolves was great as well. Yeah, you wanted to be in yes, India, absolutely. That, maybe. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yes, what, what um, about... and then I, I absolutely love Alien as well, oh, yeah, even yeah. though it scares the bejesus out of me every time I watch oh, yeah, it. That scares yeah. me. What yeah. about what about yeah. Star Wars? Any of that stuff? Yeah, you see, I loved. I'm I'm old enough to um or to fun. have been its target audience when the very first film came out. Mm, yeah. went to the cinema and saw it and just that moment when that that fanfare just boom yeah. and then do, 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 and the words came up yeah i was blown away by that that mm, was yeah. epic but i'm so over it now not over that <laughs> film but over this franchise oh my god yeah. Yeah. i cannot be doing with it anymore mm, yeah, flogging it kind of a dead soul. horse <laughs> yeah. it, it kind of lost its soul a bit and, and look um everyone knows that episode five was the best yeah, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> episode five. Yeah. So now, do you mean <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay, Absolutely. okay. Because everyone gets confused about them. Yeah. Yeah, that is episode five. I right? don't understand. So I saw the Empire Strikes Back when I was a kid. So that's emp- that's episode five. Is that yeah. how it works? So so it, it starts. It's episode four. Yeah. So there was yeah. Star Wars yeah. Empire. St- anyway, we can talk about this later. I don't get it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, come on. Nah. Oh. You do, you do. You've got it. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I was. Uh, I, I'm. I would do. I, I, I. When I saw it, I think I was twelve when Star Wars came out, and I was at the, at the cinema, mm. and that spaceship came over, and I was. I don't know if I was scared shitless or just so excited, but it was just something I'd never experienced before. That that just the size and and back then I think they started when they first started the um, um like sense around sort of um you know. 
and the, you can hear these spaceships coming from behind you, uh, coming oh, over your yes. head. Oh, yes. I remember that. It's brilliant. It was like, wow. It was just a, a – and then and yet you look at it now, it's a little bit cheesy, but back then it was – but I kind of like those think, cheesy effects. I think, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's stood the test of time pretty well, mm-hmm. um, as has as has Alien, of course. Yeah, Actually, right. I really like Aliens as well, the second one. That's really, yeah. really good. What did you think um, about Prometheus? Was that a, just – Oh, just... uh, well, it was beautiful. Yeah. I watched it for the the aesthetics more than yep. anything. I'm yeah. quite content with not understanding stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it not being very well explained. So I wasn't as cross about it as some. What did yeah. you think? I, I liked. I, it was just a gore fest, really, and <laughs> I kind of liked that. It was. It wasn't scary, and 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 mm. um, I'm I'm not a real fan of really scary movies. Mm. So um, no, I don't. I, like, yeah, it was just you know just scary enough. Well, just gory and 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 cool aliens and. Um, although and and it, Iceland, that was cool. Yes, Fox. Yeah, yeah, yes. That was, yeah, that was amazing at the start. There. Yeah, yeah, and of course, yeah, I didn't know what was going on, but um, but I, don't I think quite anyone really does. And, but science fiction is great, and, and good on you for that. I like you mm. love cake and you love science fiction. You know yeah. what else? You know that, that, that <laughs> beer, perfect combination. Yeah. Do you like beer? Watching science fiction while eating cake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Hey, um, hey, how can people find you? Mm. Um, well, I, I'm lucky enough to have a very unusual name, so I don't think there's anyone else with my name in the world. No. So R-A-C-H-A-E-L, as already beautifully spelled out, uh, <laughs> T-A-L-I-B-A-R-T. My website's my name. My Instagram's my name. That's probably as good a start as any. I am on other social media, but less often. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, look, it's been a, a delight to chat and get to know you a little bit. Um mm. Uh, I'm sure all our audiences around the world will be looking you up now and hopefully uh, buying some prints or getting mm-hmm. on a workshop with you. So um, thanks for your time. No, it's been absolutely a pleasure. Thanks very much for inviting me. Thanks, Rachel.